The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Oh, here it goes. Back at it. Oh, we back. My man, Will, was cracking, man. Hey, Doug Smith got Will Lowry here. Back for another episode of Beyond the Fairway Podcast. If you haven't heard, Beyond the Fairway, yo, we bring a point of view from a completely different clubhouse. We take you beyond the scores and highlights to discuss the game of golf and its barriers for minorities and this new emerging culture. Hey, coming up this week's episode, Will and I are joined by one of the longest-hitting golf ball guys in the world, 2018 World Long Drive champion Maurice Allen is with us for this week's episode. But hey, first we gotta we gotta get back into it, Will. Hey, how was your weekend, man? What's happening? I know man, you was playing some G. I was, man. I went to the uh, to, I played in the Advocate event and the best APGA thing I say, tour event, a- right? APGA tour event, yeah. There it and, is. Uh, you know, I, best thing I can say is that I kept I played with the same T for oh, two days. Congratulations. So, yeah, so that that's how that's how good as it went. You know, I just I just had, you know, winter rust, man. I mean, I'm not making excuses, you know, but just it was tough. But but one thing I can say what I took away from the uh advocate event was the fact that because of Willie, because of Willie, it seems as if it's a little more intense out there. You know, I felt mm. like everybody I felt like everybody out there was about business. And it's not not saying that you know, it, it's not like that prior, but, you know, typically when all the guys come together, you know, it's not typically every black golfer in America comes together. But in this case, with this particular week, with Kamayu and Willie, all the stuff they had going zones, I had to say, man, everything, everybody looked a little more focused. And, and I really, I really appreciated that. That was something that was, uh, that was a newest. Well, I, for I me. figured with Willie out of the field, some people there was an, a, another spot somebody could you know earn some more money since they had to worry about Willie being there. I, I was happy that I was out of the field. I just knew <laughs> Will Lowry was going to do some work, but you know then they still have Mother Nature. She was still there, so uh, yeah, she she got she she exposed me for sure. Well, I thought it was exciting. You know, um, I, I did get to go down and play. Got to spend a little time with Will. That's the first time I've seen you in like three years, dude. That's Boy, crazy. To see you like we we doing good. this, but you there? I'm here. It's wild. But, hey, we got to spend some time with Seth Wall and really pick his brain. Uh, For those that don't know, Seth Wall is the CEO of the PGA of America. And Will and I, he's going to be on here. He said he'd come on and stop by. I doubt he'll be as as beyond the fairway as he was with us (laughs) uh, during the the round of golf. But, look, let me say this. Uh, 
it was it was fantastic to get to spend that little bit of time with Seth. I really enjoyed just how chill this dude is. Like the guy that's leading the PGA of America is probably right. one of the coolest cats. Um, I am waiting for him to see to do some things in in the space. Um, I think I think he's made some strides, and I think he's going to keep pushing the envelope forward as as some of the conversations that we had will. But hey. We talked about it. You were at the APGA event. Willie Mack was not, as he was in L.A., you know, battling Riviera. Hey, wasn't the week he expected, but I tell you what, a lot of positive takeaways uh, for Willie. Dude played well first round. And, you know, I think it goes to to show that when you get up against that cut line, you've got two options. You stay patient or you begin to press. And if you begin to press, those are where some of the other numbers can come in. And with 18 holes, or excuse me, with the back nine to play, I think we saw Willie get in a situation where he felt like he needed to make something happen. And unfortunately, you know, some numbers came as a result. But fantastic showing. Had some new club and equipment in the bag. But I think the world knows, man, Will. He's he's actually a force and, and somebody to uh, to pay attention to moving forward. I, I absolutely agree, man. I'm not saying that, I, I mean... In the golf world, I want to say he may be just short of a household name, you know, even during my uh, my practice round. He's definitely a black golf household name. Oh, he's black sure. famous. No, he, he's he, black, he, black he, household he, name. He's, he he's, 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 uh, he's that black man famous. He's that dude. What, no, he what was that black dude? That, that, but, um, the Mac. The Mac dude. The Mac. Yeah, the Mac, Mac yeah. three. Mac three Jr. Yeah, okay, it's, three it's Macs. Like the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's like that dollar menu. Or let me get three Macs. Right, and, exactly. And <laughs> but but think about it, man. You know, like like I gotta say is that um, you know, I was proud of him. Like I can't tell you that was probably the most anticipated Thursday I have been uh, waiting for, maybe since a major. I, I don't know, maybe yeah. you know. Yeah. And and so I, I was looking at every shot link, every shot. I saw all kind of yellow lines to points on the PJ Tour app. So yeah. like I said, man, and I can only imagine. You know, when more of of, of African Americans get out there and play, or or people of of uh, brown and black and brown, so to speak, it's it's going to be it's going to be uh it's going to be fun and amazing, and I, and I and I was excited by by that, and I, I'm so happy for my dude. I felt like he really looked like he b- belonged out there, Doug. No, he had a certain like, swag to him, man. He had a, he, man, he had a swirt, man. He, he was certain, he was just he was, he was just like walking he was a gracefully. Fighter in there, like mm. yeah, like he, had, he had that, like you know. Yeah. But hey, changing gears because I am excited about Willie. Your pick, your guy, your boy, no. standing all of six quick. four. Tony Fee now. What? Oh man, Will. Before the week, I thought you was crazy as hell for picking Tony Fee now. No, because he hasn't been able to finish. I know. It thought Homer tricked it. Thought he tricked it. He did. He I did. was like Tony. I was like screaming. Tony finally got one. Nope, not this week, Tony. Not no, but this ain't but this week, but. But think about it though, like there was another um, uh, picks I had, and I picked uh, uh, Homer as well. So, cause Homer's a hometown kid, he, he grew up right around the corner. But I, I no really, damn Homer. I did pick Homer. I, I did no pick Homer. Homer. Where'd you pick him at? In points bets? Well, I can't say DraftKings on here. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah. So, I mean, it was it it was close. You know, I, I think we are going to win. I do predict this. Finau will win within the next four starts. I'll well, that's say not that. going to happen. But I will say this. It is that time. It's that part of our show where we got to go to beyond the fairway. And guess what? This dude hit the ball over Niagara Falls. I don't know where he's going to go with it. Let's, let's bring Maurice Allen in here because this should be fun. 
Man, somebody asked me before how I feel, so I guess the best thing I can tell you is you talking to the Rolex-wearing, diamond-ring-wearing, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, jet-limousine-riding, jet-flying, son-of-a-gun. And I got the hardest time holding these alligators down. Now give me two claps and a Ric Flair. We got Maurice Allen in the building. I, I got to know. I mean, where did it come from? What made you start it? Uh, are people scared when you say it? Uh, and when's the last time you had some alligators on, man? I want to know where them gators is at that you keep talking about. Last um, last time I saw him with gators, he had ga- alligator shoes with turtleneck that attached to it. <laughs> uh, first things first, man. I got some some uh, all alligator Jordan ones that was custom made, so uh, I keep some. Yeah, so you might not want to go that route with your boy. Uh, but anyway, where did it come from, man? Uh, Truth be told to you, man, my my uh, training partner back then was this guy named Tuck, man, Michael Tucker. He lives in uh, a little north of Atlanta. And we were on a rain delay that particular day at that tournament, and it was crazy. You know, they allowed us to play music and everything like that because it wasn't live. So it was something that we were able to do and kind of get in our mode. And, you know, my phone started buzzing and going off. And the last, and I never, ever, ever read my text messages because I don't want to get into some weird, funky place. Every golfer knows all it takes is one thing to put you off. And I had a text message from Tuck, and he didn't know we were going early. He was like, hey, man, you win your first match, man. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. And that was seconds before I walked up to the T-block. And what you see is what you get, baby. That's it. That was, that was impressive. Absolutely. That is. That's your first time. <laughs> I messed it up, though, a little bit. You know, I, I stumbled just a tad bit, but, you know, you know, yeah, we still pulled it off. Nobody caught it. Nobody I, caught oh, it. no, everybody, he caught it. Doug caught it. I caught Doug it. I'm not going yeah. to. He brought the plane in a little little yeah. stanza early, but it's cool. I'm not mad at you, Maurice. Yeah. But, Maurice, it's good to have you in here, man, especially at this time, uh, this time of year, this time of season. We just want you to know that you are not a black history ask to be on this show. We appreciate you doing it, though. <laughs> No, I'm saying because you know just as good as I do. You know just as well as I do that a lot of the black minority African-American involvement from all these organizations, the ABC organizations of golf, this February, it's our month. It's our time to shine. Yeah, you know, we understand like, no, you are not here. (laughs) But I do want to get your take on the the rush of a lot of the golf industry to get their black content in during the month of February. Okay, so I hate to answer a question with a question because I was taught that that's disrespectful, but what rush are you seeing? Because I must have missed it. Oh, Ooh. it's fair. That's fair. fair. No, I mean, fair you know, I, I look at PGA of America. I will start there. Um, actually, no, no, no. Excuse me. My apologies. Let me start where respect is due. I will start with the LPGA and the semester tour. They did it right. They did it the first day. They did a entire recap from uh, Althea Gibson, um, Renee Suggs to uh, um, Leanne Suggs, Renee Powell, they went and then all the way up to Shasta, Cheyenne, Sedina, McCarabee, uh, Lexus, they went the whole spectrum. And they did, I think it was like a two-minute video that they put on both of their channels. Um, you know, Golf Digest, they did it right. They, they've been putting out stories based on experiences from people all through the walks of life of golf, some professionals, some executives, all, all kinds of people have been doing their thing. And that's where it stops. Um, you know, the PGA of America, I think they did their first hashtag celebrating black history, celebrating hashtag black history month, like a couple days ago. Um, and they did some things. I think it was a post with clay is when they first started coining that. Um, but they put black people up earlier, but 
you know, there's a, there's black PGA professionals, so it shouldn't have. What we're seeing shouldn't be, unless you're talking about the past and actually making a, a, an effort to actually make that post nothing but Black History Month. Um, you should see people all year long in all of these all these manufacturers, all these organizations, but you actually don't. Um, no. You know, they they did Women in Sport Day. Uh, which I think was February 3rd. A lot of people posted about that, and they made a specific post towards that. Um, they didn't do it with Black History Month. Uh, they did it with Umbrella Day, which was a kind of, you know, play on with Arnold Palmer, and I get it. He definitely deserves deserves the respect. No, I have no problem with them showing him that respect. But And then they did it with Happy Gilmore, right? So I'm looking at these people who posted these things. I'm like, well, man, y'all posted this, but, you know, Joe Lewis doesn't exist. Jim Thorpe doesn't exist. Ted Rose doesn't exist. Lee Elder doesn't exist. Yeah. Charlie Sifford doesn't exist. And I can go down a list of people, you know, male and female. And I'm like, man, all these people did all this hard work and they put in all this blood, sweat, and tears and had to overcome things that we definitely don't see today, only for them to be forgotten. But let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, hold on, hold on, Doug. Let me interject for just a second. You know, despite, I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta kind of. Devil's advocate, go ahead. I mean, it's not so much devil's advocate, <laughs> maybe angel's advocate, but, you know, despite like, you know, the, the statement from the PGA of America about George Floyd, uh, PGA Tour doing a moment of silence, uh, PGA of America also attaching themselves to the, to the advocate. I mean, are you still at a, at a standstill as if inclusion is actually happening in golf? I'm going to ask you a quick question. You work 40 hours a week and I decide to pay you for 20. We good with that? Hell no, we ain't good. Nah, that. not at all. So then, so what I'm saying is that's exactly what's happening now. You know, uh, the APGA has been around for 13 years, man. So them just starting. Uh, George Floyd was not the first person to get killed. I mean, Trayvon Martin was 10 miles from my house, man. I was home that day. I remember when that happened. Uh, these people weren't shocked and appalled at that point. Uh, you played golf, Doug. We're not going to get on the time frame, but you're a past golfer, right? Um, it seems past as though. Past present either way. Well, I mean, collegiately, you were a past collegiate yeah, yeah, yeah. golfer who was a very good golfer. How many offers did you have coming out of college where major OEMs were looking at you or even taking notice of what you had accomplished and you won a national minority title? So the lack of respect that goes to minority golfers is absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, you can go on any of their posts and, you know, everybody says all the time, oh, well, what about Tiger? What about Tiger? Okay, not. Yeah, I mean, number one, if if that is if you can name one person that is actually the epitome of racism, well, I got one black friend. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's cool. Let's. I mean, and it's not a lack of talent. There's tons of black talent that's out there on the male and on the female side, but the respect is just not being given. So. You know, I'm never going to be a person who says, well, we're moving in the right direction or something like that. I remember at church one time, my pastor was talking about, you know, people being in these toxic relationships or all these other things. And he was like, you know, if you have a person who's putting their hands on you and they're hitting you, do you want them to work on stopping hitting you? Or do you want them to stop hitting you right at that moment? And at what point in life is the golf world going to be so shocked and so appalled where they're going to say, okay, just a little bit more isn't enough. We have to give people the respect that they've earned and we have to show that. And that all starts with, you know, the OEMs and the publications. Uh, if you go on golf.com, it's probably the best example ever. You know, if you go on these comments, man, you see some of these comments going on, whether it be the post about Willie, the post about Kamayu, uh, the post about 
they made one about Mariah. And these co these comments, man, are so racist. And the thing is, that wouldn't happen if the OEMs and the media people actually plugged black history or plugged black people out there. If people saw it enough, they'd get tired of they it would change their opinion. It would change their perception. It would force it on them. I don't care if it's forced or not, because at the end of the day, we did all of the work. The people in the past did all this work. And that respect is just it has to happen. It's got to happen. It's it's golf is supposed to be the leaders, man. You know, if you well, look at people who are running these Fortune 500 companies, brother, who who you think is running them? They all got golf membership somewhere. Most well, of them play well, golf. Well, paint a picture for me, Maurice. Paint a picture for me. What what does golf what look does like in Mark? Like? What does oh, it look man. like in, in, in Maurice's world? It's paint beautiful. a picture for me. The picture is this, man. We live off of these nine core values that the first T is coined, but we live off of them in theory. We don't practice them. Um, you know, if we're talking about ethics and moral fiber and all this other stuff, you know, integrity and so on and so forth. You know, you have to you have to walk and live in those things. Golf is a game that was established for kings and queens. So it wasn't a and nobles. It wasn't quote unquote a common person's game. When you look at this game, it's a game of physical chess, right? So we're expected to be people who are supposed to be the trendsetters, the leaders, the trailblazers in this world. So what I would like to see number one is February one. February 2 at the latest, there should be a post about people who have been in the past. You know, your Charlie Siffers, Ted Rose, you go down that list because all of these people have touched this game, which has helped all of the major OEMs. Hold on, Maurice. And hold on. I'm going to stop you because I feel like I, I, I want to hear you say something, but I'm going to ask anyway. You just said you feel like on February 1, X, Y, Z and should happen. Why does it have to be just a February or a Black History Month? Well, I was starting there. Why? I wasn't. I wasn't going. Okay, all right. I'm just that. making sure. All right. My bad. My I, I'm, bad. I'm starting like, with our up. month and our recognition because they recognize Women in Sport Day on that day. They they recognize International Women's Month at the beginning of the month. They don't That's wait right. until the 15th and 16th and and 21st and 22nd to throw those days. At, oh, oh, oops, my bad. We're gonna throw this out here. You know what I mean? So that's the first thing is recognition. If you look at any conquered people, you know, any conquered civilization, what ends up happening? They become whoever the conquerors want them to be. Because the first thing the conqueror did was they they killed all the people, right? Eliminated religion. And then and then they eliminated religion, but then most importantly, they burned all the records. So if all y'all dead, then I get to tell the world whoever I want you to be. That's a problem. See, so when you when you look at it, right, and, and in the, and in the United States, they have this thought process of freedom isn't free. I had this conversation like two days ago. All right, well, let's play that. Let's play that freedom isn't free role. All my patriots out there who are going to listen to this. Put, the, put this in golf terms now. No, no, this isn't in, in <laughs> life terms. This ain't even in golf terms. This is life terms, brother. Just check this out. Okay, so if freedom isn't free, right? Because that's what now you have to remember the other side of your golfing world are a lot of patriots. Everybody got the American flag head covers and they do all this golf stuff. The U.S. Open, the America's Open, everything. So it's, it's still it still is there. Right. So if freedom isn't free. OK, people who came here, everybody came here. America is a melting pot. There are groups of people who came here to better their lives. Nothing wrong with that. All good. There are people who came fleeing political persecution uh, if they was black, they would call them fugitives. Um, and then they came over here and they had the opportunity to make a living. And uh, they were here with warm, with, with food and all this other stuff, just like you saw in New York when they brought people in and they all went through the Statue of Liberty and they signed a name and all this other stuff. Okay, cool. Now you look at us. We were brought here in the ships. 
cargo. Something went wrong. Somebody got sick. We got thrown off the edge. Expendable. We're the only people who came here as a good, you know what I mean? As something, a possession. Everybody else came under on free will. So this, this world, this earth, everything that you have, it, this gets to golf, don't worry, is all stained with the blood of black people, okay? So then when you start looking at it, all your golf courses, many of them were plantations. Many of them, especially here in the South, they were old plantations. That land was harvested. That land was cultivated by who? Black people. When you look at the early portions of golf, who put in all of the maintenance, all of the caddying, all this other stuff until there was money in it? Your greenskeeper, all your people who were your agronomy people before agronomy got real and big were who? Black people. Why? Because so, they were servitude jobs until the money got there, just like you saw with the caddies. Until the money got there, all the caddies were black. So when we're saying freedom isn't free, well, then the better question that you should ask is, well, who has put in the most skin in the game? Who has sacrificed the most? Who has lost the most? Us. At the end of the day, I don't care how you want to look at it. That's just as real as it gets. This is nothing more than facts. As a grand total, how many black people have been lost? And so what is happening now when you look at golf as a whole? Pre-Tiger, how many black people are on the PGA at one given time? More than they are now. Right. Boom. Post-Tiger. So since everybody wants to bring up Tiger into the conversation, how many people have played in one PGA event together? How many black people? I think the most I've seen in one event has been four. I think Will, Cameron, Harold, not Will, um, who, who, not Willie. It was um, Tiger, Cameron, Joseph, and Tim O'Neill when he got to start at the Genesis a couple years yep. ago. It's four, it. I think. Four. Four, and, and at any point, four is it. Three is a stretch because you'll get Tiger, Cameron, and Harold. You might get Tiger, Cameron, Joseph. Harold, Joseph, if, if, depending on the week if, if he's playing. But four. Four. So when everybody wants to talk about, oh, this this post-Tiger renaissance, okay, cool. But where is it? Where does it exist? Where's the opportunity? It didn't exist. No, it does exist. Where's the opportunity? And so when I'm looking at social media, and now we have to always tie back into the social media part, right? With the social media thing, the thing that you have to look at, my brother, is – Everybody said when we sat there in 2020 at the PGA merchandising show and USGA and all these other people sitting up on the panel, they said, oh, well, we're trying to influence the kids and get them into playing this game, get them to understand this game. We're going to move forward with this and we're, we're, we're really sheltering towards the youth. Youth look at two things, man. Instagram, TikTok. They don't look at Facebook because their parents are on Facebook. They want to be far away from their parents. How, how are you going to influence the kids? Well, if you put a Doug Smith up there who's an affluent, uh, influential person in his area, if they put a Will Lowry who's an influential person in their area, and then you all are posting. So this goes back to your whole thing, Doug, about all year outside of February, right? Yeah. These kids aren't going to go to the USGA website. They're not going to go to a TaylorMade website. They're not going to Callaway and all, all the OEMs. They're not going to do that because they're not involved in the game. But they may follow YouTube, and when they see YouTube posting about it consistently or they're seeing you all repost, and see, not you all posting like you're a fan, but people actually bigging you up. And they'd be like, oh, man, all right, I see that this person is posting Will or this person is posting Doug. Man, let me see what this is all about. And then that's how it continues to grow, and that's how you get them involved. But they have to see something that makes them feel comfortable. And they don't have that. Yeah. Well, the thing is they, they had – and I don't mean to switch gears, but I do a bit because I want to get your take on the, the events of the past – I guess you could say three weeks on tour with, with Willie and Kamai. You get the chance to play – on tour, but I want to say, like from your vantage point, Maurice, and, and you know, as I hear you talk, it feels like you carry around this like weight of blackness 
on your shoulder. Like it's damn, it sounds damn exhausting. Malcolm, he Malcolm X be, out here. I know he's the he's the Al Sharpton of golf. He, like he, he, no, 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 man. It's, he, um, it's, it's deeper than that, man. I had a I had the privilege of playing golf with Calvin Pete uh, about three months before he passed away. I didn't know he was sick, and I made the awful mistake, which was fortunately corrected by Calvin himself. And uh, we were right there at Sawgrass, hole 13. I'll never forget it, as long as I live, man. He was like, hey, young man, I've watched you play all the way up into this hole. Whatever you do, don't quit this game. And I'm I'm sitting in the cart with him. I jumped out the cart to be like, and I, I wasn't, I swear, I promise you, I was not brushing this man off. I was like, all right, Mr. Pete, no problem. Yes, sir. And I went and hopped out the cart. And I'll never forget, man, he grabbed my forearm and pulled me back in the cart. He said, young man, I want you to look me dead in the eyes and promise me you won't never quit this game. Ironically, I was about to quit. Um, I only went there because my uncle made me play. He made me go that day. Um, I was not going to quit. I was actually going to quit. And, you know, he made me look him dead in the eyes, and he held my forearm, and he said, repeat after me, promise me you will not quit this game. And a couple months later, man, he's gone. So what did that mean to you? What what There seems to be a, a deeper meaning or, or a different level uh, that he was trying to kind of resonate with you on. What did that moment mean to you kind of as you look forward now that we don't have Calvin with us? Um, you know, it's like a passing of the torch. You know, I don't know if you all believe in quantum physics or energy or any of that stuff, but, you know, Jay-Z talks about it quite often when he talks about, you know, legends don't die, they're just multiplied. He always talks about the same day he was born was the same day that Fred Hammond was assassinated, Chairman Fred was. So right. that energy that left Chairman Fred, he believes, went into him. And sometimes you can be around certain people and they can know something that's going on that you don't understand and they can channel that into you. Um, and, you know, Mr. Pete had probably seen tons of people play golf. And for him to sit there and say that to me, um, he didn't have to say it. I, I, didn't, I didn't take it lightly. I don't take it lightly. I've had a conversation, a few conversations with Mr. Elder. And Mr. Elder told me, you know, you ain't here to make friends. You're here to get the job done. And I expect you to get the job done. So when you talk about, you know, passing the torch and getting the job done, I want to kind of bring up one of the things I'm so proud that you're doing is the, um, the Grow the Game initiative. Uh, tell me a little more about that. Yeah, man. Um, I know what 50 grand did for me at the end of the day. Uh, I had a person uh, who was very close to me. One of their friends asked me what was the difference between me and the number one long driver in the world at that point. And I was like, money. You know, you hear that all the time with golfers, money, money, money. Um, but he convinced someone very close to me to give me 50 grand to go out there and play. And I went from, you know, a guy who was reasonably competitive to one of the best in the world, literally within six months. Um, it did not take long. And I believe that if I'm going to ask the rest of the world to respect black golf, if I'm going to ask the rest of the golfing world to highlight black golf, then I need to find a way to be the catalyst of all of this. And I need to find a way to raise money. I need to put together a system where people can trust. Uh, they believe in me. They know what I'm all about. And that will allow them to believe in the system as well. So grow the game. We started it, man. Three men, three women, three black men, three black women. Uh, give them 50 grand to go out there and pursue their dreams of playing on the PGA and LPGA tour. Uh, they go through a selection committee. They have a process that this application is super big that they have to fill out. And the point in doing that is if they're not selected, they should have all the information that they need to go and try to get sponsorship from any other company out there. Uh, we're really just trying to groom professionals and get them ready to go out there and play on the big tour because if we're talking about starting with the youth, we have to give the youth role models. 
And this and this is uh this is every year, correct? Are you doing yeah, this every yeah. year? So the goal is to do it every year. Um, there'll be a, I don't know when this actually comes out, but there'll be an announcement in a couple of days. So we'll put this. Uh, it'll be an announcement that's out there. Hopefully, it'll go big. Golf Channel will pick it up. Um, but I definitely. So so just just I didn't, I didn't mean to stop you on that. My fault. I'm I'm excited about what you're doing. My fault. But you know just. just uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Maurice, you uh, see his eyes? He's like, yeah. hold on, please. Hold on, I guess like the one on, time he had to answer in class. Like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> man, hold on, man. I ain't supposed to be laughing, man. Real G's and gangsters don't laugh, man. What's wrong yeah. with y'all, man? Yeah, I, I you know. You got I, me looking unmalcolmish right I know. now, man. What's wrong you, with y'all? You look man? like you about to sell bean pies first. <laughs> now let's talk about let's talk about uh, going back to the uh, the initiative. Um, you know, just so people can understand what you're doing and the importance of it. And I want to add emphasis as to how people didn't take you serious in the beginning. Oh, how yeah. many applic- how many applications did you have for this first for this first uh first um, round? I ain't gonna throw people under the bus, man. We definitely didn't have a, a I, lot of I, applications. I'm not um, asking throw people I, I want you to name the number, Maurice. Nah, I'm, that's I'm gonna throw people under the bus, so I'm it, not gonna do that. I'm just gonna say the applications were not what I expected them to be. Um was it less than fifteen? Yeah, let ten between ten and twelve. I'm gonna let y'all imagination run wild on that, man. Well, reason, reason, gonna... reason why. Hold on, Maurice. Reason I want the number because I want to, I want people to realize what they missed, and now next year I want to nah, I want to have a, a, a. You know the a, beautiful a, thing about what people miss, man. I don't have to tell people publicly what they missed. They know what they missed. The people who didn't fill out the application, I will say, a lot of people thought it was boo boo. A lot of people thought. Um, I was out here talking, and unfortunately, I know that's the world that we live in—a world where people are Instagramming and they're they're putting on for the gram and putting on for social, and trying to make themselves out to be bigger than they can be or than they are. My my view on it was really simple. You know, I can go on StockX, I can buy some shoes for three, four hundred dollars, and I can do that every two weeks, or I could go put some money behind this and rally some people who also feel the exact same way. When you get to a certain point in life, man, it ain't nothing but stuff, man. Um, you know, that bag that's behind you, you can carry that bag till it, till it falls apart. You don't need 30 bags. And the only thing that you're going to have left on this earth is what you leave behind. And you have to find another way to pass that torch. So that's what that's what I decided to do, man. What was the selection criteria for those that did apply? How did how did those that, that received these funds, How what was it that kind what of What did they have them? to submit? Yeah, I'm saying, like, I'm sure you well, had multiple, why, multiple you know, asking, applicants. No, you yeah, had multiple reason- applicants. So it's uh-huh. like, who, 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 what were the things that stood above uh, for the people that were selected? I have no clue. I never saw the applications. I totally eliminated myself from that process because I, I figured that I would know a lot of the athletes. Um, so I designed the selection committee. I had them do everything. They didn't have to run anything by me. They had 110% full control over everything that happened, man. My thing was... I wanted this to be run the proper way. And the way how you could do that is with no bias. Uh, I didn't want it to be the homeboy club. I didn't want it to be a, I know this person sob story, you know, or whatever the case may be. I wanted it literally to be something for the first time in life. It was based on your merit. It didn't matter of if you were a, a hot Instagram girl or if you were a likable guy as far as, you know, whatever the case may be. It literally came down to, are you, are, are you a good person? And do you have the numbers? That was it. You know, how you look didn't matter. So Will probably would have had a chance. <laughs> hey, I, 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 I tell you this. I tell you this. If, it, if this was an ugly contest between you three, I would lose. I know that. So first and foremost, I, I kind of want to go back to, um, you know, you said about merit and first time. Uh, Will and Kamayu, this was their mm-hmm. first time playing a PGA Tour event. 
it didn't go as you know we we would like or we had hoped. Uh, Why not? I mean, I mean, well, let me, let me let me say that because given the fact how how I know these competitors, they want to win. They just don't want to make a cut. So by these guys not winning, I know it didn't go the way that they liked and as far as I liked for sure. So my question is, you know, do you feel that? Do you feel that it, it possibly hurt them for another opportunity, or do you feel? How, what's, your, what's your thoughts on that? I think that whole question is stupid. That's, okay, uh, let's, that's let's, let's talk about part. let's talk about stupid. It, it's stupid because they were never gonna win. I mean, who who wins their first PGA start? I mean, go back in history. I'm a stats guy. I'm a fat guy. I'm a math guy. You know, I think at the end of the day, setting that pressure on them is is a recipe for disaster. Who set think, the pressure on them, though, Maurice? I mean, you you're the one who just said they want to win. Okay, I mean, so let, like, let, 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 let me hold on. You, you you're right. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Wanted it to happen. I'm just going off your words. Yeah, I, I did. I did say that. But if you talk to the last guy that was on the show, a guy named by Willie Mack, he said he wanted to win too. So there's a level of disappointment, I'm sure. Correct? Yeah. Or no? But you have, you have to or or he or you. hold on, hold on, Maurice. Or he should be happy that he played. Because that's no. the crumbles you're talking about, right? No, 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 no. See, there's a difference, right? Every athlete wants to win, right? But you also know in the back of your brain if it's if it's a long shot or not. Dude, I raced Usain Bolt when I was in college, all right? I wanted to win that race. And then I was in the middle of the curb in that 200, and that secretariat or whatever you want to <laughs> call him, I saw his feet, all right? And I knew what I was up against. For these, for these young men, man, you know, first things first is we can't put a, a, this – unexpected pressure on these guys like this, man. Yeah, they can say they want to win. That's cool. I'm not saying just getting there is it. But, I mean, you look at Akshay. Akshay is probably one of the best, was one of the best amateurs when he first came out there. It took him nine starts. You know, what you saw him doing at the AT&T on that first day, that was after nine starts. Akshay's a beast. I've played with Akshay. I know Akshay. Willie Mack is a beast. Kamayu's a beast. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is a one-and-done you can't – there needs to be a better plan that gives these gentlemen, okay, hey, man, we're going to give you two years and we're going to give you maybe three starts one year and then four the next or whatever the case may be and figure out a plan that allows them to go because the first time you do anything in life, they're bumps, they're bruises. You might be reasonably successful, but you're not going to be the best you that you can be. There are certain things that you will learn and find out about yourself when you're under the fire. What I saw Willie Mack do that first day was absolutely amazing. Let's talk about Kevin. Yeah, let's talk about Kevin Hall, what he did the first day. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. And then what they found out was it was a little harder to come back the second day. The golf course may have played different. All of these different things are part of their learning experience as all this is going to go. I don't think we should look at it as a failure. What we should do is say, okay, what can we do to give them better opportunities what are they going to go back to the drawing board or go back to their coaching staff and go back to their team and say okay hey man let's be 100 percent honest let's debrief let's figure this thing out because playing in these mini tours is completely different than playing on the pj tour especially when you're getting that media attention that has all these questions for you before you go out and yeah. play you could have somebody ask you a question that totally throws your game plan yeah, the whole off. situation no yeah yeah absolutely you know what i'm saying maurice it's like you know these guys Yes, they got this one opportunity to play, right? But I want to exp- I want to hear you talk more about this cadence because I believe the tighter and the more um, you know close together they can get some reps in, the better chance they have of of being an Akshay, you know, or being a Jordan Speed. You look at Jordan Speed; didn't get through Q school, 
You know, he didn't get through his first. He did make his first cut at 16. I will. Okay, that's that's the that's. The, but at 16, he could hit it. There's no. You, you have fun, whatever. There's no life expectancies on this guy. You know what I'm saying? But Jordan Spieth had some some of the same travails that we're seeing with the guys on the mini tours. But now he's ascended to this very very high level. So Maurice, from your vantage point, what can we do from a cadence thing? Is it is it more corn fairies? Is it more exemptions? Is it Latin? Is it Canada? What is it? So first thing that needs to happen is the APGA has proven themselves. So in this partnership, the whoever is the the Lexus Cup winner, the the Tour Series winner, should be awarded spots, and it shouldn't be one spot. It should be a series. There should be a contract with the APGA Tour and either the PGA and or Corn Ferry or maybe even both, um, where they say, okay, maybe we'll give you two. PGA Tour starts, and one of them is in, let's just, for instance, use the Farmers, that's fine, or something on the Cali Swing, and then you have a couple of Corn Ferries in between, and then you come back with another PGA Tour start, and that is another way of showing, number one, the partnership as far as diversity and inclusion is concerned, whatever that term really means. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on that another level, but... Um, but it shows that the guys have earned it and that shows their partnership and their willingness to move forward with this brand because what you're going to find is and this was a point in the grow the game is when you have all these amazing amazing you know collegiate stars like you know Mahindra Lutchman or uh, Cameron Riley Moby Dillard coming out of college and then there's really nothing else for them to do. There's no there's no plan. There's no yeah. pathway. They're just kind of figuring out as they go along or AKA on the job training. And we all know what on the job training means. You about to mess up everything. And then the question yeah. is, can you not mess it up so far to a point where you're not able to come back? And that's where a lot of people go wrong. Yeah, I know how that feels. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it honestly kills careers when you really think about it, because in, in this particular area, you can mismanage money. You can get bad management who will definitely mismanage your money because they're coming in with these diamonds and, and money bags all in their eyes, and they're thinking you're going to come out and be all this other stuff, and it's just not real. There needs to be a better pathway for these young men and young women, and the young women, most importantly, they definitely need to have something for them. You know, I look at the LaCarabie is probably a good example. She's the most consistent black female we have on the semester tour. And what does her club deal look like? What do her sponsors look like? I can go down the list of, of, of situations that are out there. And remember, she came from Alabama, all American. You look at Shasta, Shasta, um, Shasta, Shasta came out of, well, but when she came out of Jackson state, there was nothing. It zero. didn't exist for her. It was zero. Right. That is a problem. Fast forward, look at Mariah. Mariah won a national championship, anchored the team, held them down. And everybody's like, Oh, well she got KPMG. But if that had been a white girl, she would have had everything under the sun. But because, number one, Mariah's black. Let me get my thumb in there. Mariah's black. Number two, she dark-skinned black. Oh, God, no. I mean, she didn't get nothing. And I mean, the color barrier still exists, man. It's, it's, it's not a joke. It's something real. And until we get people to recognize and respect, because we're not looking for validation no more. And that, please understand, that's one thing I'm explaining to people. We're not looking for validation. No one wants validation. All we want is recognition and respect for what we've accomplished because we'll get the validation at home. You know, uh, Jackie Robinson said that. He said, you know, I'm not here to make friends. They don't have to like me, but they're going to respect me. Hmm. That's it. I like that. That's what it's about. Well, uh, about. I want to kind of touch on one other uh, little topic. Um so what are you up to? I mean, besides, you know, going to mountaintops and, and preaching and shit, uh, I want to know, what are you, uh, what are you up to, man, since long drive is no longer happening and, 
And uh, what's what's on Maurice Allen's uh, agenda? Uh, man, change the world, man. Change this golf world. Try to walk in my purpose. Um, play the game, obviously. I've got a few things. Once I heal up from this injury, I'll be ready to play. Uh, learned a lot about myself as a human being. But most importantly, man, it's, it's all about – I've had an amazing run. I don't think that it's over, but I know there's a lot of amazing talent out there. And I need to make sure that I'm giving other people the opportunity with the platform that I have. It's not about a selfish thing. It's not about me being in front of the camera. I mean, no disrespect for the podcast, but it's, it's not about me getting more likes, more views, more shine. There's a lot of people out there that are amazing golfers that have mm-hmm. not gotten the opportunities that they deserve. So if I can be their voice and help other people live out their dreams and that's what it's really all about for me. It's amazing to see what fifty thousand dollars can do. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm no. sitting up. No, no, I'm it's, serious. It's, it's real. Though. It's not that much money. I mean, it no. really, it's it's a lot of money depending on you know what what country club membership you know you reside in. But mm-hmm. fifty thousand dollars can change a lot of people's lives. And Maurice, you are doing what you say you want to do. You are Absolutely. inspiring folks. You might be pissing some people off along the way, but that's that's part of it. I know you don't give a damn about it. But thank you so much. Uh, That's really our time with you today. Hey, whatever we can do to help you have your back, we in. Hey, Maurice Allen, thank you for going beyond the fairway. Appreciate it, man. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Growthegame.golf. That's where people need to go. That's it. Growthegame.golf. There it is. There it is. Man, I thought y'all was going to go on here. I thought this was going to be on the ring in this mug. (laughs) Maurice (laughs) Allen, you never know, man. Like, hey, look. Maurice gonna let everybody have it the same way. He he, he got that he, straight bullet, no, no discrimination in how he talks he and comes apart, man. Like you got you either love Maurice or you cannot stand that MF. I tell you he, what, he he is he is. I, I mean, I, I'm just so proud, man. The fact that he he's still steady, fast, and he's still going, still has pizzazz after his sport went away. I mean, this man. <laughs> This man's sport left. <laughs> Come on, man. You hey, can't hey. give it to him like you can't hit him like that, man. I mean, his 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 sport was was like my ex girlfriend, just fed up and just left. Like, <laughs> it's like this man went from hitting on grids to his sport leaving the grid. So like 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 this man this man's sport left. It's like it's like saying he was the head guy of the XFL. It just left. Like it just, it just gone. Like it just, his sport just gone. It's vanished. Hey, so you know what? Even even that his sport did disappear like a Houdini trick. Uh, kudos to Maurice. <laughs> hey, kudos and shouts out loud. Cause look, Maurice has understood that he has a responsibility and a job to keep those black and brown in around the game. And you know what he's doing? He's using his platform and his words and his uh, his steadfastness and his wholeness. I don't know if I can say that. They'll probably bleep that out. My bad. But he is putting money where his mouth is. He I mean, is. this guy he, is actually giving away thousands of dollars in an attempt to bring greater diversity into professional golf, and I admire him for it. I mean, you know, he says he says some good points, some good takeaways. What if the PGA or USGA kind of, kind of made me think? What if they did rebrand themselves? You know, what if? Uh, you know, I mean, we know the rebrand would be expensive, you know, but uh, I, I just think that I just think that basically the stuff I took from what he said, it's either a pay now or play later situation. It could hurt us in the end, in the long run, if we don't get more and more people involved, if we don't just get everything back to the point of being solid 365 days a year as opposed to 
28 days out of a month and sometimes it's not even 28 days out of a month so i i'm 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 pretty much i'm happy with what he's doing he's moving the needle He's 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 like he's a black Malcolm X man. He's a golf Malcolm. You know he's the, we we he's don't the know black Malcolm X. Okay, he, we, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I mean, well, he's I mean he's way darker than Malcolm. I mean he's so, Malcolm Midnight X. Um, but uh, but however, I just think we can uh, we can all you know learn from him and and uh, as he keep pushing, we we're right behind him and supporting him. But he got one go thing. First. I, every time I do talk to Maurice and I do hear the efforts that it's taken him to grow this game, I always think back to, you talk about the PGA of America being established in 1916, but yet the Caucasian only clause not being lifted until 1961. Not that long ago, our grandfathers will wouldn't have had access to play on the PGA tour. That's only Mm -hmm. two generations prior. So somehow, and in some vein, I do understand Maurice's urgency for now, for there to be these, various instances or excuse me for there to be these people and these companies to support uh golf with minorities because guess what we've been excluded for so long Absolutely. so there needs to be some some sh- i want to cuss can i cut there needs to be some sh- done on purpose you know Absolutely. what i don't care about the beep they're gonna beep it there needs to be some sh- done on purpose uh so that we can rectify this wrong within the sport of golf that's just how and, i feel and, 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 I, and thing, I stand with maurice and the thing about it man you know i i have to say i Sometimes his approach is a little abrasive, and given the fact that you know he just conveyed and, and shared his heartfelt story as far as Calvin Pete, now I kind of get understanding now. You know, if if if, if Calvin Pete, somebody told me to keep pushing forward, I, I think I would probably not give a damn what anybody else think and keep moving uh, full steam ahead. So I, I can understand that. So now I look at it in different light. Yeah, even though his sport may have exited stage left, he hasn't. So I am very excited about uh, Maurice and what he is going to do, what he's done, and what he's going to continue to do in this game. But, Will, hey, we got to get to it. You know, we got to get to one of the most interesting parts to be on the fairway, and that is the shank of the week. Shank of the week. Shank of the week, man, is where we, Doug and I, where we criticize and we throw our two pennies. It may not be right. It may not be wrong. We, we don't know. But we will we definitely— feel. That's how, That's how we, we feel, feel. you know, exactly. and we feel, and the thing about it is who we feel that has shanked up. And so I kind of think that we have a great topic to start this first ever segment of Shank of the Week. And that is on the comments. The com- mm. You were pretty popular this week, uh, Doug. You <laughs> said a comment uh, on Golf Channel and, or Golf Channel IG page and people ripped you a new one. Yeah, I got roasted. Everybody. Everybody, I, got, I, mean, I, I had people in my DMs like, who is, who is Doug? Like, how do you know him? How do you deal with him? I said, hey, he's my guy, and you got to hear him out. But yeah. how, ugly, how ugly is this country, man? All, yeah. the, all, the, all the comments that everybody said about Willie, yeah. you, the back and forth. I mean, it's, it's interesting. You can't post a black man in golf without people bringing up race. Absolutely. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't post. If you look at the various, you know, golf media pages, they posted Willie or they posted Kamayu. And the next thing was, why you got to why you got to make it about race or I come here for to be entertained. Why you got to make it about politics? What I found is is, it was disgusting. Will what people you know, people are so easy to criticize when all they use are their thumbs. I bet nobody would have said that to my face or Willie's face had they been front and center. And you know what? If you are listening to the podcast and you do want to say something to my face, 
we gonna open up the IG live so we can have these conversations. That's gonna mm. be a fact. But that definitely is the shank of the week. Will the fact that people spew such such just disgust into the atmosphere? I, you know what? And to be a victim of it. Hey, you know what? I'm glad I got some thick skin. It might be light, but I got some thick skin. Damn it. The sad part yeah. is I wanted to be in there too. Like, man, F you, F you, you know what I'm saying? But no. Nah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's it worth? What's it worth? Shank of the week, definitely going to go to those folks who decided that, hey, my thumbs got better words than my mouth, so I'm going to use those to talk for me. Hey, keep them coming. Comment section's right here. Hey, be sure to go download, subscribe, and listen to Beyond the Fairway podcast wherever you get your podcast. We here, and we'll be back next week. I can't wait, because... I'm gonna have an email set up for these guys so they can talk to me directly. Cause, cause you know what, you can you can't beat nobody when you ain't got nothing but time. That's all I got is time. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just sent one off, <laughs> and I cursed. <laughs> I cursed twice. <laughs>